Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show with Ali Maxwell and George Ellick. International break means absolutely nothing to us. While there are games in League One and League Two, we will be covering them both on the Monday pod and on the betting show. And we've got a fair few selections to go through today. As usual, mine look a little bit different to usual. A lot of uh, over and under goals bets for me this week. And George backing a team for the third week in a row. So get excited to find out who that might be. The other thing on today's show is, on Twitter earlier today, I asked you to tell us who you think will win the three EFL divisions. We are a quarter of the way through the season. We spoke about that on the Monday podcast. We did a little overview and I wanted to know what you guys are thinking. Some very interesting results, which I will go through later on. Um, Last week, we were mixed, I would say. Frustrating for George to have two of his picks end up drawing. Cambridge and Cheltenham couldn't get over the line, but Ipswich winning at Fleetwood was a very impressive 11-5 winner. My nap did get up. Port Vale beating Morecambe and under 4.5 goals. Was it aided by a red card? I prefer not to speak. Um, Jill's beat Southend as well, but Grimsby no good. Uh, This podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening be gamble aware, understand the risks around gambling. George, we'll start with you. We'll start with your best bet of the weekend in League One and League Two. You and I sat together at Griffin Park a couple of weeks ago and what did you say to me about two teams that come against come up against each other who both play three at the back? I said quite grim yes, normally. Yes, and Exeter against Forest Green will likely see two teams coming up against each other who normally play three at the back. And what we know from Forest Green this season is that they were very, very grim for nine games. And then in the last two games, they've won on aggregate 7-0 over the two. Um, we speculated on Monday whether or not this would be the beginning of a bit of a change of fortune for Forest Green. I mean, it sounds bizarre to say it, given that they're sitting up at the top of the league. But um, the performances and, and the data um, beneath the performances in the early part of the season suggested that they were... The, the opposite was going to happen. It suggested they were going to start losing games, not suddenly beat teams 4-0 and 3-0. Um, and we talk also about the looking at the kind of embryonic league table and maybe people who saw first against 24th in in, Brent, uh, in Swansea against Stoke last week getting uh, their fingers burnt. But this is a case of first versus 23rd in the XG table. It might be a top-of-the-table clash for these two teams, but if you're looking at the XG ratios so far this season, Forest Green are right down at the bottom despite their lofty position and Exeter right up there at the top. And before you tell me what your pick is, I noticed this earlier. Forest Green, the longest price to win in League Two this weekend. They are at the top of the table. They've won seven of their 12 games in the league this season. They've conceded one goal in their last six games and they're 4-1 to one to win this football match. If that doesn't show that the bookies are basically now just using the performance data well, at this level I don't really know what does yeah but I think there's still juice to be had because Forest Green are going to lose games playing the way they're playing and I'm sure that lots of people out there will probably be looking at the league table for their Saturday morning hackers seeing the price of Forest Green looking at the league table then probably tweeting something about oh my god why are Forest Green 4-1 to one? Um, it'll probably be 9-2 by then just but, send them the link to this pod guys if you see that but uh, yeah I think an extra value to win this um, they're obviously a, a team who are very very good at home Forest Green did beat them at home last season um, but 
Uh, they're a team that I've got a lot of respect for. I think that Matt Taylor said after his interview last week that they're very good at, at the back. I think Forest Green will struggle to create many chances here. As you say, the way the two teams will set up will probably mean it's a fairly cagey game. And if there's one team I, I think who will be able to break the deadlock and, and get in front, it is Exeter. Um, it, again, it's not a price that's going to make you particularly rich. I think Marathon are currently best priced at 21 to 25. Um, there's a bit of four to five around. Ball Sports are five to six. Uh, and I think that they're the better team the wheels are going to come off with Forest Green. I don't think the last two results are going to be enough to really turn around their fortunes long term. And we're going to see them drop away fairly soon. Um, so, yeah, Exeter. At odds on against high-flying Forest Green is my nap. Not part of my selections for the betting show, but just out of this game being of such interest, given the positions and the pricing and what you've spoken about there, I think I will be getting with Forest Green in some way in this game just to just to see if they can keep riding it so and to see that. to see if there's something that I'm missing. So maybe Forest Green one nil scoreline can get about twelve to one for that. Maybe the nil nil as well. You can get nine to one for that. I'm not sure, but I'm going to be watching this game with interest. That's for sure. I'm going to be at um, Leighton Orient against Walsall on Saturday with the Quest team. It is week two of October Quest, and we yeah, are really excited to be at Brisbane Road or whatever the new sponsorship name of that stadium is um, and to see two teams that haven't seen in the flesh yet this season obviously Daryl Clark's Wolves sort of have had ups and downs already and the same can be said for Leighton Orient but um, if if anyone's there at Orient on Saturday let me know uh, I'll be sort of bopping around uh, I know that Dean Smith is going to be there as the guest of Martin Ling who's the director of football and someone he's very very close with so um, it'd be good to say hi to anyone who is at that game on Saturday not going anywhere near it betting wise though tough game to call in fact I think all of the games this weekend are really tough to call in terms of of, of winners and in terms of value there are a few very short priced home teams in League One just a bit too short priced for me I think I could find reasons not to back all of them so all of my bets this weekend are goals bets, something a little bit different. Um, and I'm quite looking forward to, to sort of cheering goals rather than cheering on a individual teams. The first one is Southend versus Wimbledon uh, over 2.5 goals at even money. Uh, this is a, a basement battle. It's a hugely important game. Uh, both teams without a, a permanent manager in charge at the moment. Wally Downs having been suspended. Glyn Hodges in charge of Wimbledon. And Gary Waddock taking charge of Southend, unless they appoint someone on Friday, which it looks like they might do. But the fans' number one choice, Adam Barrett, is, of course, the current Millwall caretaker manager. So I reckon he might sort of see the lay of the land there. So whether it might be Sol Campbell, uh, that looks quite likely. Henrik Larsson, I'm not sure. Either way, uh, these are essentially the two worst teams in the division, not named Bolton. And, and actually, to be honest, if you look at Bolton's recent results draws against Sunderland and Oxford and Blackpool maybe it's time to stop saying that maybe it's time to to stop casting aside every opinion uh, with a Bolton game because actually this new look Bolton side performing very very well so maybe these are just the two worst teams in the division uh, in every single one of Mike Holden's Fox Punter XG tables uh, they are the bottom two now Bolton aren't in those because of how sort of crazy their start to the season was. I think Mike left them out because it would have skewed so many of the numbers. But whether it's over the last four games or all the way to the full season, uh, whether it's home or away, these teams are the, are the worst two in League One. Uh, in the second half of games, they are the worst two. In the first half, they're, they're in the bottom three, but only because Tranmere are just a bit more horrendous than them. 
Um, and both teams have, have only kept one clean sheet this season. Wimbledon have played 12, Southend 11. So struggling to keep the goals out, that's clear. Um, but both of them have, have scored, at times, <laughs> I think it's fair to say, 37 goals in Wimbledon's 12 games combined. Nine of 12 going over 2.5. 40 goals in Southend's 11 games. Seven of them going over 2.5. So I think when you've got two teams who are so inept at restricting the opposition's chances, uh, but also have fairly average attacking well uh, outputs, I tend to think that there will be goals rather than this will be a, a nil-nil or a, a, a complete bore. In force for Wimbledon and Humphreys for Southend, there are two good goal scorers on the pitch. Cox came back last weekend as well, which is a huge boost for Southend's goal-scoring threat. Um, and, and with Wimbledon, there is a, a morsel of hope, I suppose, in quite a strange quirk. They've actually been ahead in five of their 12 games at half-time. Um, they've been level in four of them and and only behind in three out of 12. So in the first half, perfectly good, um, but really struggling to hold on to leads. Last week against Rochdale, they were 3-0 up at half-time and they won 3-2. That was the first time they've taken the lead and actually won the game. So um, plenty of interest in this game, plenty of intrigue. I'm backing the goals over 2.5 at uh, even money. Where are you off to next, George? I think staying in League One. Yeah, Bristol Rovers um, against MK Dons. Bristol Rovers are 11 to 10, which looks very tasty. But then as you were quick to point out to me, Ali, did I know that Johnson Clark Harris is out of Saturday's game? And I did know. And whilst it is unquestionably, unquestionably a massive blow to lose a player um, of that ability and, you know, they're fairly reliant on him for goals, I still think there's there's a, um, a bit of value here because MK Dons are... Uh, kind of heading towards a crisis um they uh, it's a good stat on who scored saying that they've been losing both at half time and at full time in the last four matches so not only are they are they losing consistently but they're also getting thrashed and going behind very very early with little to little in reply um i know that you were maybe a fan of the jordan barry signing in in um pre-season but i think we're quite quickly seeing that whilst nombe looks a player with a lot of quality um and probably had a lot of potential the barry nombe front two isn't really going to be a prolific one. Um, it's hard to see them suddenly clicking and, and giving MK Dons much going forward. Yeah, I think Nombe's out for this one as well. They've got lots and lots of injuries, MK. Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to say they've already got Mason out, Reeves out, Healy out as well. Mm. Um, so they are facing a bit of an injury crisis. And I think that maybe, you know, ambitions are pretty high at the, be at the beginning of the season. Um, Paul Tisdale obviously coming into the club last season and doing so well to take them up. But maybe ambitions now have to be reset just to making sure that they don't get sucked into a relegation battle and this is a pretty hard place to go to do that um Bristol Rovers are unbeaten in their last seven games at home I think we can now you know the, the two managers pre-season who I was concerned about were Brian Barry Murphy and Graham Coughlin well certainly the Bristol Rovers manager um is out of that uh you know that that way of thinking for me whilst the Rochdale manager certainly isn't um he's proven himself to be a very good coach who can get his team playing basically very very solid football um, nothing particularly ambitious but they are a decent team um, and I think that this is a game that now despite pre-season conceptions of the two teams being fairly different I think this is a, a decent kind of team who might be pushing towards the playoffs playing against one who's going to have to fend off relegation um, Clark Harris is definitely a miss Nichols um, whose goal scoring touch uh, has, has been lacking let's say mm. at Bristol Rovers will, will likely come in but he scored um, against my team Oxford so he can score against these teams apparently um, and I, I just think that 
that Bristol Rovers are, are justifiable favourites. It's not a massively strong fancy, but but given that MK Dons are turning up to these games and, and not really registering at all, um, if if they put in a similar display, I think it'll be easy pickings for, for Bristol Rovers. Yeah, it was something that I picked up on as well. In, in my selections, I'm going under 2.5 goals in that game. So the Two back threes as well. Two back threes as well, go. bloody hell. This is going to be a miserable game to watch, guys, without Clark Harris for Bristol Rovers. Two back threes playing against each other. Uh, it's going to be a tough watch, but I think under 2.5 goals is a, a decent tickle. And if they were to win 1-0 or 2-0 Bristol Rovers, then we'd both be happy. So um, let's hope that happens. Uh, for the reasons you mentioned with regards to MK Dons, um, yeah, lots to be concerned about that the injuries have not helped, but the performances without them haven't shown much potential either. So with Agard, Nombe and Healy all out, they don't have much of a threat through the middle, apart from Bowery. Um, they don't really have the, the wide players to have a threat down the sides. So they're just packing the team, really. They're, they're playing like a almost like a 3-6-1. I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's like three centre-backs, two wing-backs fought like a diamond in midfield and then Barry up front and it's just really congested. It's not been conducive at all to creating chances or offering a threat going forward. It's not even helped them to, to be solid and compact through the middle of the pitch either. Um, they're still conceding plenty of goals and on really, really poor form, as you mentioned. They've actually only played four away games, which is a bit of a weird quirk of this strange division this season. Um, and uh, all of them have gone over 2.5 goals. So I think that'll be why Marathon, who are 2.07, or, or most of the other bookies who are even money on this punt, that's probably why, because Bristol Rovers, uh, 8 out of 11 of their games have gone under 2.5. And that's with Clark Harris playing. He has scored seven of their 14 goals this season. 50% is the highest contribution of an individual player for any team in League One. So clearly a big loss. They don't just lose his goal scoring, but also his hold-up play, all-round ability. He is clearly their talisman. Um, and I just don't see goals in this one. So under 2.5, Bristol Rovers, MK Dons. You've got Rovers to win. Uh, let's hope for a good outcome one there. 1-0 or 2-0, ideally. That would be very nice. Uh, where, where are you going for your next selection? Where am I going? Going to Wiltshire, um, <laughs> where I'm always welcome uh, for, for, for Swindon against Plymouth. Uh, Swindon started the season so well, and the squad they built was was very easy to see why. Um, the front two of Jerry Yates and Owen Doyle is is pretty much as good, I think, as as anyone has at their disposal in the league. Lloyd Esgrove made a, a huge impression when he um, in his first couple of games or first five or six games of the season. Keshi Anderson's a threat on the left hand side. Um, and they're very, very solid at the back. And very quickly, they became the favourites to win League Two. And suddenly, they've gone on a, 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 a run of defeats that I think no one really saw coming. Um, battered twice at home. They've lost their last two home games. Um, but I'm not losing the faith yet. I still think that this Richie Wellens team is going to be towards the top end of the table. I think this is a little slump. And they'll come out of it fairly soon. They're playing against the Plymouth side, who I've been pretty disappointed with this season. Um, a 1-0 away win at Mansfield. I think we probably expected pre-season that was going to be a top-of-the-table clash. It hasn't been that at all. Plymouth in mid-table, Mansfield worse than that. And they edged that game 1-0, um, but by no means showed themselves as being the quality team of the two. They have clear quality in the team. I think Danny May is still struggling for output, but in terms of that, his actual ability and, and the way he's impacting games is, is pleasing the Argyle fans. But they that was their first away win. I think they're going for their first back-to-back -back away wins for 18 months. There's a reason for that. They're not a very good team on their travels. 
and um, they're being back to the moment. But I think this is a game for Swindon to, to show people that despite uh, a couple of tricky results, um, they are still promotion contenders. They've still got the quality in their team. Doyle comes back into the team after being ineligible um, against his parent club, Bradford, last time out. Um, and I think they should be able to get home and get back on the right track, sadly. Ellie um, tipping up Swindon. We know your game. Sad, we know the game sadly, here. Sadly, yeah. So uh, they're 30, 32 to 25, whatever that is, with Marathon. They're, they're basically, they're odds against um, and drifting. But yeah, I think there's value there. Well, I'm going to Oxfordshire and I'm going to the Cassam Stadium. Oxford against Doncaster. Possibly the tastiest game in League One this weekend. Going to be a very, very interesting affair. I'm not getting involved in trying to predict a winner here, but I'm going to go unders again, under 2.5 goals in Oxford and Doncaster. That's even money as well. So essentially three even money shots for me this weekend. Uh, Oxford very good defensively at home in general. If you just look at results, you'll see four goals scored by Burton when we were there early on in, in August. You'll see three goals scored by Coventry in that game that that completely baffled you uh, as to how Coventry managed to score three. Um, But they've also kept three clean sheets in the other three home games. And I think that's the the rule here with the other games against Coventry and against Burton being the exception. Um, Doncaster, this is bizarre. MK Dons having played four away games is a bit odd having played 11 league games. Well, Doncaster have only played three away games so far this season, such as been the strange scheduling quirks um, after the expulsion of Berry, um, And they also had their game against Bolton cancelled, which you might remember back in August. So they've played three away games. They've drawn all three, nil-nil, uh, 1-1 and 1-1. It seems like the method away from home is, is to kind of shut games down. It's not the same as how they play at home. But it, it is quite an effective way, potentially, of getting results is to be as solid as they can and, and try and rely on a bit of quality going forward on the counter-attack. Um, in, albeit only three games, so with the usual small sample size caveats, um, they only average uh, 0.56 XG conceded uh, away from home, which is an exceptional record, of course. Um, but they're also down the bottom for XG created uh, away from home with just 0.85. So everything from, from Donny's away game so far points to fairly low scoring affairs. And I think that Oxford's good defence is is probably good enough to uh, to keep the score low as well. So, you know, again, if we want everyone to be happy, maybe a, maybe a 1-0 Oxford win, that would be a good result for everyone here. 1-2-0. Uh, or, or a 2-0 win, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, and that's what I'm going for here. So um, we, we've got bonus selections now, George. Where are you going for that? The team I've backed twice in a row, Cambridge, Ooh. who've drawn both their games. I'm going in again, this time minus one. Um, Cambridge <laughs> minus that. one at 6 They haven't one. won outright the last two games, so I'm going minus one this time well, round. They've done everything in both games to convince me that I'm right. Um, and if I had to pick any team in the whole EFL... Um, to kind of back in a few top six markets, top half markets, it, w- it would be Cambridge. Nice. Um, I think Colin Calderwood has shown that he's the right man for the job. The quad, the quad, the squad um, has enough about it. They are doing very, very well in all um, underlying data metrics. They're just not really getting the results yet. And as we what know... What if I told you it's actually a top seven market in League Two and you can get them at six to one? I think that's an absolute belter. Wow. Yeah, I think that's great. Wow. Um, and they, yeah, one more time. I, I think I think it's, wow. I think it's going to be um, a matter of time until they turn the results around. 
Um, they're by no means doing badly. They're in eleventh place. They've won four games, drawn four, and lost four this season on sixteen points. They're two points ahead of Salford, who they, who they travel to. Salford on the back of a a, a big three 0 win against Walsall, a really important win for them. Um, and they're looking to obviously go back to back wins for the first time in the league. But Richie Towell still still suspended, sorry, still injured. Um, Jack Baldwin injured as well, and these are two guys, probably two top earners for them, who uh, are important to what they're going to want to do. And the results and performances had been on the slide um, since Tal had had got injured until that three 0 win. Um, and we've seen them lose four 0 the other day to Forest Green, a team I don't rate particularly highly. Um, and I think that pretty soon Cambridge are going to click and, and absolutely wipe the floor with someone. So um, it's an away game, which isn't necessarily ideal, but we're getting a decent price. Ch- uh, Cambridge have only lost one of their last seven games on the road um so by no means bad travelers and i think that if you know if they can get ahead early um which they've gone behind in both those games we've discussed which hasn't helped if they can get ahead early i see no reason why they can't click and put a few past this Salford team up the cambridge we haven't been particularly successful with our bonuses so far this season uh, let's see if i can get a uh, a centre-back goal scorer up this weekend uh, i've got two that i can't really choose between for the I suppose for the sake of the pod, I'm going to flag up Pordy O'Connor, who plays for Bradford City. In the last few weeks, it's become clear that Bradford are a massive threat from set pieces. Um, And that was a case when Ben Richards Everton was tipped up a few weeks ago. He promptly got sent off after I tipped him up. He was a real threat in in the opposition's box from set plays. And I think O'Connor has kind of taken on the mantle. Um, I didn't note down all of the numbers, which is maybe not a bad thing because for some of you, it might be very boring listening to, to someone talk through stats and numbers. But basically, trust me when I say I did my research earlier using who scored, using Y Scout. Uh, having a look at some video as well. And O'Connor is is a big threat from set pieces. Um, he has been over the last few weeks for Bradford. Uh, and I think uh, playing against a Morecambe side that I have basically backed against in different ways in the last few weeks with relative success, um, I think there's a good chance that he gets an opportunity in this game. And at 33-1, to 1, uh, I, it's an acceptable price for me. I also like Plymouth to score from a set piece against Swindon in that game that you talked about. Uh, I think Sawyer is probably of interest to me at, at, just because he's 50 to 1. He plays in that back three. He's had a few attempts already, uh, and I think he could be a decent shout. Ameson, of course, scored two last weekend for, for Plymouth, and his price has been cut, as you would expect, accordingly. So uh, that's the end of our selections. George, let me tell you about what happened earlier today when I asked the listeners of the pod who was going to win the three divisions. We had lots of interesting responses, probably had around 30, 35 picks for each division. Uh, In the championship, when I noted these down just a little before the pod, and I must stress that a couple of new entries have come in, uh, in the championship we had Leeds and West Brom level with 13 selections from our followers, Forest with three, Preston and Fulham with two, which looks quite low for Fulham, uh, and Swansea with the one. So Leeds and West Brom very much the ones that that listeners of NTT20 are going with at the moment. In League One, there are only four teams selected. Uh, there are 33 picks and 29 of them went to Ipswich. Probably not that surprising. 29 out of 33 people who tweeted us said Ipswich would win. Two people said Sunderland, perhaps wondering who might be their next manager and whether someone might be able to put together quite a good run. Gareth Ainsworth has been tipped today. Would that be a, a good appointment in your eyes? Yes, like... I think Stendhal would be number one 
but I think that Ainsworth would be a bit of a risk of taking on someone who could, for all we know, be like top draw. And mm. that's why I'd like to see him get it. Nice. Okay. Well, Portsmouth and Peterborough both got one pick each. League two is really interesting because, as discussed on the Monday pod, it's just really tight at the moment. It's very difficult to work out uh, the, the sort of class acts at this stage. Newport with a team with 12 picks. That was the most by six. Bradford, the second most popular with six. And then Crewe, Swindon, Exeter, Plymouth, all with three or two. Cambridge, Cheltenham, Crawley, Forest Green, all mentioned as well. So we had 10 selections sent to us. So that shows that no one really knows what's going on in League Two. But Newport and Bradford, the ones that they fancied there. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, Just in case the NTT20 hive mind is the best way to make punting decisions, uh, I have made sure that I've put a little dual forecast Trixie on um, following that. So Ipswich and Sunderland top two at six to one. Bradford, Newport top two at 18 to one. And Leeds, West Brom top two at nine to two. If that comes in, uh, George, we're going on a holiday courtesy of our listeners. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this weekend's uh, NTT20 betting show. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, give us a share. Uh, And as always, have a great weekend and best of luck with any selections of your own.